Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode was recorded live at the Manor Vale Lodge. Conversations on Dance at the Vale Dance Festival is generously underwritten by the town of Vale. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Good morning, and welcome to Conversations on Dance here at the Vale Dance Festival. My name is Michael Sean Breeden, and I will be your host today. I am joined by directors of two incredible companies. Um, we have Christine Cox with Ballet X and Laurel Winton with Dance Aspen. Thank you both for joining us this morning. Yay. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had the luxury of speaking to both of you in the past, but we'd love to just get a little reacquainted. So maybe, Christine, you could talk to us a little bit about your own performing career and um, I guess kind of whether you always had ambitions to lead a company, how, how it led to where you are now. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, I started dancing professionally when I was 17 years old. I was a student at the School of the Pennsylvania Ballet, and I started at age 10. And I studied for seven years. And around senior year in high school, I decided either I make it as a professional or I go to college. And I wasn't going to give myself much time to kind of float because I had watched some friends of mine floating. And I was lucky enough to get a job with Ballet Met in Columbus, Ohio. I really wanted to be in the Pennsylvania Ballet, so that was really devastating. But it's good to have those moments in your journey. And I think it was really important for me to start my career with John McFall. He was a principal dancer with San Francisco Ballet. He loved new works, and so we did a lot of new works at Ballet Met. And I remember moments in the studio realizing that I was a part of something that had never been seen before. Mm. I did not have an ambition to run a dance company. I just had ambition to dance. I loved dancing. When I was done dancing work, after eight hours of dancing, I would go out to clubs dancing. You know, it was <laughs> like I couldn't get enough of dancing. I was just like, oh, I'm free. I'd be in the club dancing by myself. Um, so it was really su just in my DNA. And five years with Ballet Met, a uh, couple months with Ballet Hispanico, <laughs> a 
which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Got to perform for the President of the United States and go to World's Fair in Spain. And then a little bit of time in American Repertory Ballet. And then I got into the Pennsylvania Ballet and spent 13 years there. Wow. So it was, a, yeah, quite a journey. Yeah. How do you think that having those alternate experiences have aided your role now versus if you'd just been at Pennsylvania Ballet your whole career? I don't even know if I would have been a director if I'd only been at the Pennsylvania Ballet. Yeah, the emphasis on new work wasn't really there. We were lucky to do one or two new ballets a year. Um, it, I think it was that first company, that spirit of adventure. John was really um, quite a passionate leader and really just instilled this sense of adventure that I carried through in my career. Right. Laura, let's hear a little bit about your own uh, dancing past. Yes, it's, it's interesting because um, Christine and I, our paths have crossed several times mm -hmm. in, um, in our careers, and, and you and I as well. So uh, I started at San Francisco Ballet. That's where I grew up. That's where I trained. And it was my dream to dance at San Francisco Ballet. Um, but what ended up happening is I got a job with Pennsylvania Ballet Two when I was 17, so um, I took that opportunity and moved to Philly. And um, after that year, I got a job with the Joffrey Ballet in Chicago. So that was um, my first big you know, uh, company job. I was a full company artist. I moved to Chicago, uh, had a wonderful, wonderful couple years there. Um, and then I got an offer to uh, play Penny on the national tour of Dirty Dancing, so completely 180 switch. I um, I took a break from the classical dance world and I moved to New York and got on a Broadway tour, and um, that introduced me to a plethora of new people, new approaches to dancing. We were performing eight times a week. Um, I was doing scenes and talking, and I was having the best time of my life. And I said, I'm never going back to a dance company. I'm going to be on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And so I moved, I moved to New York from there, and I did a little bit of Broadway and TV and film. And then I started to really miss dance, like real, real concert dance, being in a company, um, being, you know, um, being in a group, training every day, I really missed that. Um, so I had an opportunity to um, actually guest with Ballet X. And so I, <laughs> I went back to Philly, a totally different me, um, way more, I still had that classical bass, but way more contemporary, and I felt way more comfortable in my, in my own skin from performing so much. Um, I had a wonderful time at Ballet X. And you know, I, I said, wow, this is somewhere where I could really, I think I could really stay. Um, at that time, I did also have an offer to join Aspen Santa Fe Ballet um, full time, which I, I took and that landed me in Aspen, Colorado. So that's how I got to Aspen. Um, I was there for three years, loved it, um, loved the work and the rep we were doing. And then the pandemic hit and everything closed. And as companies were starting to get back, our company was not. And um, what ended up happening is Aspen Santa Fe, Santa Fe Ballet closed its doors on the local company for good, unfortunately. So um, we, you know, myself and my colleagues were left 
without a purpose, without a career, without any job opportunities in Aspen. And so, um, you know, Dance Aspen came about just because we, it was, it was out of necessity. It was mm. because we had no other option. And I had never had any desire to run a company, honestly. <laughs> like, I just wanted to dance, and I wanted to um, stay in my home and, and stay with my colleagues who I loved so much. And so it kind of just, um, it happened because it, it needed to. Mm. And um, it was through the support of the community that I was a part of and through my amazing colleagues that we were able to start this company from the ground up. Right. Yeah, it's, they're, they're different circumstances, but it is mm -hmm. similar that both Ballet X and Dance Aspen, had. you had to really just figure everything out from the ground up. So maybe we could talk a little bit about those experiences. So Christine, what even inspired Ballet X to begin with? Uh, obviously Pennsylvania Ballet at that point is like a decades long, uh, decades long old institution yeah. and you ha presumably have to set it, uh, you know, set a mission that is gonna be distinct enough to get that support. Um, and then are you able to draw upon your Philly connections even though you know, maybe there's some tension there. There's not always enough money to go around. So <laughs> what were those early days like for you? It was a spirit of adventure. You know, Matthew Neenan and I and Tara Keating and, and a bunch of colleagues, we were accustomed to putting on a show. We were at the time uh, doing an annual benefit, an AIDS benefit called Shut Up and Dance. So we were used to getting our energy together, choreographing, and this gave us the impetus to continue that journey. We had three months off in the summer, and so Matt and I said, hey, do you wanna like put a show together? And it started to you know, roll faster. I remember this analogy of like I pushed a ball and then I was chasing it. Hmm. It was just like going downhill and we were racing. It was racing. Um, I said, do you wanna just like do this summer gig? Let's bring our friends together. Let's keep it simple. Let's call it Ballet X. You know, ballet was our heart and soul. It was what we trained in every day. It was really our passion. And the X was everything new. It was exploring, experimenting, expressing. How could we take ballet forward into the future and, and put our own little stamp on it? And we were wacky kids. I mean, we were, you know, 30-something, just like, you know, sky's the limit, and did some crazy things that we might not do now. <laughs> and <clears throat> we had a small fan base that knew us as dancers in the Pennsylvania Ballet, so they were like, oh, there's a show in the summer, let's go to the show. And you know, basically Philadelphia shut down in the summer, so there was this hungry network of people who wanted to do cultural events, and mm -hmm. we would sell out. And thankfully, we had such a gracious director, uh, Roy Kaiser, who is Russell Kaiser's brother, mm -hmm. uh, who is the associate artistic director here at the Vail Dance Festival, Russell Kaiser. Roy was easy about it. He didn't feel threatened. He would lend us costumes. He would lend us, you know, sets if we needed, you know, little things that was really so gracious. And I remember going back into our work year, our season started in September, and this freedom that just, you know, I felt so light. I felt so 
like I could just be such a different employee dancer with the Pennsylvania Ballet mm -hmm. because there was this huge outlet that was so fulfilling. So when I approached my work in the fall, I was just like, I think everyone was like, phew, Christine looks really happy. <laughs> I just was, I, you know, being a professional ballet dancer, it's, it's challenging. Mm -hmm. You're every six weeks, your casting goes up, you know, this like judgment of where you're going and how you're doing is placed on you. It's, and so it can be quite a roller coaster. So I felt like I had extra straps on for the roller coaster. And I was like, okay, I got this. This is easy now. Yeah. So Laurel, your, your version of Ground Up is a little different because you're, you're starting with, um, you know, you have the dancers that you want. Um, your family is there, but presumably some of the other things like funding or where you're going to rehearse every day, that, that's what you're kind of putting together in the beginning. Right. Yes, we started with absolutely nothing. Um, I, I took $2,000 of my own savings because that's the minimum amount of money that you need a business account for. So I opened up a business account with $2,000. And um, we started, you know, everybody at this point, it's summer 2021, so just kind of coming out of the pandemic. Um, a lot of the dancers um, had serving jobs, retail jobs, um, something to pay the bills. So we had to work around everybody's schedules. And um, we didn't have anything to pay the dancers or myself. And um, we found a little rehearsal space that was actually for a rock band. So there were like drums and, and guitars all over the place. Um, luckily, the floor was actually quite like Marley. So we were like, that's a win. <laughs> um, and we just started putting work together. Um, as quickly as we could with the time that we had. And um, this kind of story got out to the greater dance industry. And friends of mine who were choreographers started um, donating work and um, you know wanting to come out and saying, hey, like if you just pay for me to come out, I will help you. Um, so by the end of the summer, we had put together a full show. We didn't have anywhere to um, perform it, but um, I had been talking to the Wheeler Opera House, which is a um, very historical building theater in the center of Aspen. And they hadn't had dance there in a very, very long time. And we actually got a show in the books. We uh, had our first show um, September 17th, 2021, and completely sold out. And after that, we did a paddle raise in the audience and we raised $140,000 after that. And so I went back to the dancers, I paid them, I paid myself. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I took those choreographers who donated their work, um, two of which were Danielle Rowe and Penny Saunders, and um, paid them for brand new commissions the following winter. So we just kind of, we got started because you know the the community was so hungry. I think there was you know there was hunger in the community for what we were doing, and there was that support that was just ready to be there. Um, and the way that we grew is we kept collaborating with other organizations, whether it was you know Aspen Art Museum or the Jerome Hotel. You know these are you know iconic institutions in Aspen. And um, that's kind of how we gained followers and support, and it kind of, it expanded our own um, 
idea of what we could be. And so we became this very collaborative, young, um, innovative group that was constantly generating work. And I think um, in the past two years, we have generated uh, 21 pieces, 13 of which were new commissions for Dance Aspen, and we've raised about $1.3 million. Yeah, that's, that's just so impressive for such a short amount of time. Uh, I'm wondering, have your ideas for the company or goals started to shift as you're moving away from just this survival mode of, you know, day to day, how are we going to get through? It's, it's, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard to get out of that survival mode because you always think, you're like, you know, you always wonder, is this going to continue? Is this, you know, are people going to keep supporting us and keep liking what we're doing? And it's, it's so early on, like anything could happen, you know? So it's, I definitely still like, I still feel like I'm in survival mode, but um, I think the change is when you start projecting six months to a year in advance, you know, um, thinking, okay, where, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? Um, what do we want to accomplish in, in six months? Um, who, which choreographers do we want to bring in? What artists do we want to hire? All that stuff, that kind of um, bigger picture instead of just looking, you know, two feet in front of you, just trying to get to the next step, just trying to do the hand to mouth lifestyle. Um, that's the exciting part for me is the dreams. Right. Yeah. So Christine, you can really zoom out and see the long arc of Valley X. Now it's almost 20 years old. I'm curious, are there things that, ways that the company is now that you would not have predicted in 2005? How, how different is Valley X from what you might have thought in 2005 it would be almost 20 years later? I didn't know that we would be here 20 years <laughs> later. That that was really, um, I wasn't a dreamer. I was really a, a doer. So to be here continuing, you know, now I can see the future and have, it takes time to have that confidence that it's gonna keep moving forward. And, and so through the years, I've really built that and, and a sense of the future. And I'm really excited in my, Hope is that this is a company that'll be here well beyond my lifetime, and it'll be something that will stay dedicated to the vision and mission, which is really to produce original choreography. And um, you know, we're now growing, which is really exciting. We for you know maybe 17 years we were 10 dancers, we're now moving to 14 dancers. We've just you know I have a staff of 11. We've just hired a rehearsal director because Tara Keating has been associate artistic director, like locked in the studio, and we're doing so much, so many projects that I really need her by my side to help me coordinate and plan all the different artists that we're working with. So in our 18 years, it's been 121 world premiere choreographies by 70 different choreographers. So that, that alone, each piece is its own puzzle that you're trying to navigate um, and build and produce. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited because I really want to build and continue to build this company that impacts artists and dancers and is a resource for people to come and 
and realize their dreams. Mm -hmm. So whether it is through dancing and all the opportunities to work with choreographers, or it's a choreographer to say, I've been thinking about this project forever. Do you think you could help me produce it? You know, And so now I'm able to have conversations with really established choreographers and say, hey, let's dream two, three years out. Mm -hmm. And really just give them the opportunity to think, oh, it's a blank canvas. W what do you want to do? And then, and not worry, can we make it happen? I, we're building the confidence to say, we can make this happen. Right. And now um, we're not only, for years we've been the resident dance company of the Wilma Theater. Coming out of the pandemic, we produced our first show in 2021 at the Mann Center for the Performing Arts, which is a 4,000 seat outdoor venue. So that presents this incredible opportunity to really give back to the community. And we donated 2,000 tickets this past spring, and we're really trying to expand. You know, Philadelphia's a really diverse community. We're really trying to touch everybody, it, as many people as we can, to bring ballet into their life, at least one little moment. So if they're asked, have you ever seen a dance performance, they can raise their hand and say, yes, mm -hmm. I have, and it was Ballet X. Right. So the company has such a focus on new works, but at this point you have legacy repertoire. Yes, yeah. So I'm wondering how you're balancing those goals. You have a legacy to tend to, but yeah. you are also trying to constantly push artists with new creations, both choreographers and dancers, as, as you've mentioned. Yeah. So what's that balance like for well, you? It's, it's exciting to have this portfolio of repertory to say, okay, you know, our goal is to take an audience on a journey and be really calculated in how we do that. So whether it's like this is going to be a little bit more intentional, it's pushing classical music with really physical dance. And then we know this is a little bit more lighthearted and we can give the audience some breathing room mm -hmm. and we're playing with the storyline. And then we finish with a wham-bam punch and it's like, whoa, you know, they're you know sitting on the edge of their seat. So we really try to curate programming that takes an audience on a journey and so that you're not feeling like you're seeing the same piece. Mm -hmm. We try to change up timing so it's not three pieces all the time. Mm -hmm. You'll see three pieces on Sunday, <laughs> but if you're coming. <laughs> but we, we just really try to mix it up and surprise ourselves and the audience and right. the dancers. So we're always experimenting with what we have, where we're going, and what we want to do. Right. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So I think that most people have some ideas about what a director does, you know. You hire dancers, you cast them, um, you raise money, but what are some things that you guys have to do maybe on a daily basis that are really vital that we wouldn't think about as audience members? 
Um, well, there's payroll. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the we're starting to get a little more administrative support, which is great. So um, I think it's also just um, there's a lot of little things like checking in um, about you know how the artists are doing, making sure everyone's happy and they're you know if they have any problems they can come to you for them and making sure that you can solve those problems for them um also bringing in new choreographers making sure their travel day is is in a line and like you know flights can get delayed especially coming into aspen in these mountain towns so um that's always kind of like i always have to have my eye on on that when we have travelers coming in um also, there's just the the day to day, um, you know, trying to connect with the donors that are that are supporting you, trying to, um, you know, bring them into rehearsal to have them watch a new creation is really important. And while all that's going on, there's always the planning of an event or a show um, or some sort sort of fundraiser. So it's, it's a lot going on at once. There's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about for you, Christine? What, what are some uh, things we might not think about? <laughs> Relationships, communication, mm -hmm. you know, as I, you know, continue in this journey, communication is really key mm -hmm. and making sure that the dancers are really on board with some of the challenges that we have to, you know, tackle and, I think over the last two years, I've, I've learned how important, you know, to communicate with the team. Even though we have this beautiful space and we have offices that are right in line with the studio, we can see the dancers dancing, the dancers can see everyone working. You have to bring everybody together because it's, it's a team effort. And so, you know, some of, I, I juggle about 20 things in a day, mm -hmm. so which is perfect for my personality. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll sweep puddles of water and, I'll, you know, I'll still roll up my sleeves. Mm -hmm. um, I care and I want everyone to see that it's, I'm not walking on air, that it is, I'll roll up my sleeves any day because I'll always be that person who, you know, started the company in 2005 right. and rolled out Marley mm -hmm. and talked to donors mm -hmm. and you know, set up a party, you know, I, I will never lose that sense of, I want to be a part of everything. And, and a lot of stuff, which you might not know, is I'm involved in design a lot. So my creative outlet is really working with the graphic designer. How do we present the company in a way that shows our athleticism, shows our emotion? So I really work almost anal, close in there. I'm like, this you can't see, you know. So I've built a long standing relationship with our graphic designer because that's really the outfacing image of the company that mm -hmm. I, I like to be a part of. Do you think there are challenges as a director that are unique to 2023 or is it always just kind of versions of the same thing? We always have to raise money. We always have to expand our audiences. What are some things that might be a little different looking forward in the next five or 10 years? Hmm, that's a very good question. Um, I think... I think it's a it's a bit harder to um, not as many people I feel like are are going to the going to live dance, you know. And I think um, companies like like Ballet X and um, 
Dance Aspen are having to think of uh, new ways to capture the attention of the audiences. And of course, there'll always be those people who just grew up with dance, um, grew up with the arts, and really understand it and support it. But um, leading a new company, I, I'm constantly trying to think of ways to get the attention of people who maybe don't have this in our in their background are not exposed to it on the daily because you know in our you know in our society it's not it's not like live dance is highlighted yeah. as as something um, to aspire to or to support or to appreciate so I think there's that challenge mm -hmm. you know just hearing going back to your own backgrounds and how varied they are it got me thinking that it's being a director now, the criteria has changed for the better in that it felt like when I was growing up, basically the only way you would run a company is if you were a star, a principal dancer, presumably with American Ballet Theater or New York City Ballet. What do you think are some of the ways that your varied backgrounds trump that criteria? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> The criteria for running a company in America or maybe the world is limited. Mm -hmm. it, it's really like if you're a star and we, you know, you're at the top of that pyramid of a big ballet company, you are therefore um, prepared and ready to step into leading a company. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know, is the right criteria for boards to be selecting directors. Mm -hmm. When you're running a big ballet company, you're stepping into 30, 40, 50, 60 million dollar budgets. And, and you may not have the grounding or the, the ability to understand how hard and difficult those major budgets are to raise that kind of money. So, I mean, for instance, I was in a company where the director just spent money like it was gonna it was endless and we do these productions and the revenue wouldn't you know match the expenses and it it never does but you've got to be really sensitive to cultivating and they didn't want to do the fundraising mm -hmm. cultivating the donors to help raise that money so but there are success stories for sure mm -hmm. you know i think you know an advantage to really climbing you know you're climbing in a company you're climbing as a director. I mean, we were nobody. We mm -hmm. had nothing. We started it from nothing. So I've learned, I mean, the first budget was on a legal pad. And I remember sitting in the, you know, the studio with Matt saying, okay, so what should we pay everybody? Okay, we'll pay ourselves $50 a day. You know, it was just mm -hmm. like we we had no clue. And And now through time, I've been on a journey of learning how to and I will continue to learn until I'm not here anymore how to do this better and better and how to secure a sense of vision. I've now completed like five strategic plans. You know, those are complicated processes. You sit down with your board. You have to build a board that's behind you. And you go through ups and downs when you've been doing this for 18 years. And when you have a board that's right there with you, then you know you're doing something Right, and then you have to work with your team. It's so complicated. <laughs> it's fun, though. I love it. I love it. I'm there with you. I understand. I know. Uh, back to your question about what is our criteria, and as Christine just walked you through, I think our criteria is that we made it work. 
from mm-hmm. nothing. And um, that that is that is getting into the nitty gritty of yeah, uh, what can we pay ourselves today? Um, what can we pay the dancers? What can we expect in a week or two? Um, can we carry ourselves all the way through the season? And um, you know, if you if you're stepping into a big role with a big company, um, and your only experience is dancing. I mean, where are you going to gain that knowledge? Mm-hmm. And um, that is, you know, that's that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Just to to personalize this a little bit, I'm just thinking. You know, you both talking about how you you know starting from nothing. Um, like I I went to school with Laurel, mm-hmm. and I remember we used to crowd around the window to watch her when she was 13 years old because she was so talented. Mm-hmm. And just the way that you've grown from this little baby prodigy into a full leader is so moving. Mm-hmm. And then for Christine, I graduated in 2005, which is the year Ballet X was founded. So a lot of my friends had joined Pennsylvania Ballet. And I remember Christine was the person who did the amazing, like the most amazing cleric you've ever seen in your life. That was the word on the street. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you've just left this company, you know, you're moving on from your own performing career, starting something new. And now like 20 years down the line, you guys have really done something so special. So Thank I just thought it'd be fun to oh, share that. So um, <laughs> but you know, something that makes both of your companies really unique to my eyes is um, the repertoire. You know, a lot of companies, um, I feel like things are getting a little homogenized and mm-hmm. everyone's kind of looking like everyone else, but I, I'll always know what Dance Aspen looks like and what Bally X looks like based on the repertoire. So maybe we could talk a little bit about what your process is there. Like how, how are you selecting works? How far out are you looking? Do the right dancers need to be around for these works, the right choreographers, that sort of thing? Another <laughs> great question. Uh, I, 50% of my commissions are by women, so that's just a baseline criteria. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I, it's so important to support women and, and to be intentional because I found that if I don't have that baseline criteria, I'm suddenly I'm, of the six or eight world premieres, you know, 75% of it is men, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm starting to choose and, and I start to do this shift and if I don't have that criteria, then I'll, I'll start to get pulled, and, and I don't even know why, you know, which is another conversation. Um, so I like to work with choreographers that surprise me, like in the first minute or two. I can't predict where they're gonna go. I love that they're taking ballet and kind of shifting, turning it upside down, you know, um, thinking outside of the box. And I like to support new voices, young voices that haven't been seen, and and also work towards getting voices that have never been seen in America. So I'm, you know, I want to be a part of the whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to, I, you know, six isn't enough a year. Right. You know, I'm like, oh. You know, we, at one time we did nine. And, and the team just keeps saying, can we slow down a bit? You know, they're not little duets. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're big ballets. Right, so they're, right. it's a lot of work. How about for you? So it's interesting because um, you know it, it's it's very difficult to get people to Aspen Beach because of the location and, and Vail is similar too, but it's just it's very expensive and it's very difficult. So um, as we uh, as we started and we realized, okay, we're a company. Let's so we got to start generating some work. How are we going to afford this? And um, what we started doing is I started giving the dancers opportunities to create on each other. 
And from those in-house works, I realized, wow, these are actually very multifaceted artists. They're not just dancers. Some of these dancers have really creative minds. And um, so it kind of gave them a platform in their own community to not only identify as, an, as a dancer, but as a creator and um, a choreographer. Um, so we definitely, that's a, a huge element of Dance Aspen is we do a lot of in-house work. Um, and uh, when we do bring in a choreographer, which we, uh, you know, we will at least bring in one choreographer um, to do a new work per program, um, usually, usually more than more than one, usually two. Um, I really, you know, I really think about. Um, I have a very classical base, but I've had a lot of experience with contemporary. So anything that really. Um, marries the classicism and the structure with contemporary movement is something that I'm personally drawn to. Um, I also like to ask um, the, the artists who they want to work with. It's a very uh, collective, collaborative, artistic vision. So I always include the artists in that. And um, that takes, you know, that can take the company in a direction that I wasn't, you know, that I maybe didn't even see. So I, I depend on the artists a lot to help me, uh, to help me drive the vision moving forward. Right. Yeah. Maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the works that either have already been presented at the Vail Dance Festival this year or what we'll be looking forward to. Uh, let's start with Valley X. Well, uh, on Sunday, we're going to be at the Villar Performing Arts Center, and we're really excited to present a piece by Amy Hall Garner. Um, we've been watching Amy for years and, and brought her in this past spring to the May performance. Uh, her piece is called Switching the Groove, and she truly did that. In the first section, it's like we give you classical ballet, and then by the end, they're pumping their hips mm -hmm. and just moving and grooving, and it's just fun. It's just beautiful exploration of movement, uh, her journey as a dancer. You can see in a choreographer coming through and her choices. Then we're presenting Kylie Kwan, who was a dancer with Ballet X for eight years. She was also the resident artist last year at the Vail Dance Festival. Um, she started choreographing while in the company. We're presenting her love letter, which is a, a love letter to her home, Guam. Um, and we presented aspects of this work in our films that we did. We did 27 films during the pandemic and worked with like 20 choreographers around the world in order to keep the company going. Um, and then we'll close the program with Justin Peck's Become a Mountain. I fell in love with this piece. Damien Wetzel commissioned it for the Juilliard School. And I had gone up to see Kylie's piece for the, the project. It, it's the freshman, sophomores, junior. And I'm sitting there in the final piece, which was the senior class, and, and I'm on the edge of my seat, and I'm crying and laughing at the same time. And so I'm like, this is, this is it. So I'm so excited to work with Justin and these beautiful artists and bring a really eclectic program. And then we're presenting a world premiere by Jamar Roberts. Damien Wetzel uh, brought us together a couple years ago and we've fallen in love. We have, we have a, we're totally in love with Jamar. <laughs> He's now made his, this will be his third piece on the company. Jamar was a 20 year veteran dancer with Alvin Ailey. He was also recently resident choreographer of Alvin Ailey. So it's just great to build these important relationships with makers because it's about trust. So certain choreographers we had, we've had back several times mm -hmm. because we're building relationships and you can get into some complicated scenarios 
um, and situations, and you have to sit down in a quiet room and talk things through <laughs> with the makers and just try to get to the best work possible for the organization and, and, the, and the choreographer. Right. Laurel, how about Dan Aspen? So um, we're really excited this year because we're going to be a part of the NOW premieres, uh, August 7th, that's Monday, I believe, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and we're bringing a new creation by Matthew Neenan, which, um, as you know, is a, is a very close to Christine and co-creator co um, of Ballet X, so there's another connection there. Um, and it's actually being co-commissioned by Vail Valley Foundation and Damien Wutzel, so that was an honor for, um, for us to achieve. And um, Matt Neenan is, is, Matt Neenan and I go way back mm -hmm. because of my experience at Pennsylvania Ballet, and uh, I did a work of his when I was 17 at CPYB, um, and so it was really fun to bring him full circle to Aspen to create this work on the artists, and um, I'm really happy with it. It's it's so dynamic, um, uses the dancer's technique, but also uh, contemporary movement. Um, it's quirky, it's fun. I think the audience is gonna love it, and I'm excited to see everybody up on the Ford Amphitheater stage. For sure. Yeah. We all love Maddie. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think actually we now have time to take some questions from the audience and we will bring a mic out to you so that we get that sound. Hi, um, we first saw Ballet X here uh, in, I guess, 2014, and we saw Slump, <laughs> and we loved it. And uh, thereafter, we followed the, the company to some degree, and uh, I remember uh, one time when uh, the company was coming to the Joyce Theater, which mm -hmm. I think you do pretty regularly, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we were trying to get people to go to it. And I was trying to come up with, like, what's the elevator pitch? You know, what is the description <laughs> of the aesthetic? Uh, Michael said, well, I know what Ballet X looks like. And I think I know what he means, but I don't have a vocabulary. And when you were talking about it before, it sounded very much like, well, we're a blank slate. We want to do what the creators want to do. But obviously, there is an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? Because I, I can say it's ballet-based and it's got a lot of contemporary, yeah. but you could say that <laughs> about other companies too. And right. what, what is it that if I wanted to give that pitch, mm. come see Ballet X because mm. this is what you're going to see. Yeah. Well, w we define ourselves as athleticism, emotion, and grace. So really the dancers are extremely athletic, but their ability to share their emotions, their feelings, like from the bottom of their toes. We, we talk about things like how you use your eyes, how you open, you know, your soul is driving out through your, your body, how you communicate it. So I'm really interested in working with artists who could really communicate and take movement and share the different complexities of the choreographer's ideas. And that takes a really high level artists who can not only do the step, you know, do a beautiful pirouette and finish it, but can do it with some conviction that's telling a story after the end of the pirouette, you know, mm. and forgets about technique because it's so right under their, their, it's in their wheelhouse. So they're free to just kind of, as if they were running through the, you know, fields, high grass. It's just like, dance as if no one's watching and 
that ability to express themselves is really interesting to me. I also think this is a smaller piece of the puzzle, but something that I really enjoy about Ballet X is that all the women are very distinguished point performers, you know? Yeah. So in the Jennifer Archibald piece that we saw a few nights ago, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, they're, it's not, they're not just slapping the shoe on. Like, everyone knows how to work their shoe. They have that training. So it's something that I think sets Ballet X apart for sure, for me. That, that's a great point. Yeah, the, the women have to do point. Because we do the ballet, I have to remind people sometimes, they're like, it's ballet X. You know, we, we start with ballet. So mm -hmm. you got to be able to get those boots on and partner a, a dancer. For sure. Point. Yeah. P passing the mic. Just <laughs> long as we're talking about the Joyce. Yeah. I'm curious about the <coughs> economics of touring. And because we all know it, 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 the ticket sales are never going to cover all the expenses, but when you go to the Joyce, mm -hmm. are you losing money on that engagement or <laughs> breaking even or a little ahead? What what does that work out to be? And of course, going to the Joyce for Ballet X is a lot different than going to the Joyce for Dance Aspen. Yeah. If you were as you should be, first place I ever saw Aspen Santa Fe was at the Joyce. Mm. So curious about how the economics of touring works. Well, such an interesting question right now. <laughs> because mm. in the past, we've been presented by the Joyce. So they would pay us a fee. And yes, it does not cover the cost. If you're putting 18 people up in New York City for two week, for one week, that's about $22,000. And the fees are just a little bit more than that. So it barely covers the payroll that then doesn't cover the per diem. So then you start to go. Mm which are choices you make. You know, in the beginning, running the company and trying to get it more known, I made choices like, okay, we're gonna fundraise, we know we're gonna take hits on revenue, but we need to go out into the world. The world needs to see us. And I don't even wanna tell you what our first fee was. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even wanna know. I, I love the Joyce too much to, to share that. <laughs> but now we're presenting ourselves. So, because after our strategic plan, we made a decision that we're gonna be in New York um, for the next three years. Because it's important for Ballet X to show what's happening in our city with the work that we're commissioning. because. We're not only a national company, we're a global company. We're working with choreographers all over the world, and it's important that we're in New York City showing the impact that we're having on the field. So it's exciting, but we do have to fundraise to make it possible to rent the theater, to bring the company up there, and we have some great people supporting us to help us do that. We're going to be in New York the last week in September, uh, September 25th to October 1st. What's the other? Joyce. Is that, oh, Joyce is yeah, yeah, yeah. The Joyce is in New York, so we'll be there. Yeah, it's exciting. Is, is Dance Aspen going to be touring? Yes, uh, we started touring last summer, and um, so far we're staying in Colorado because that's, you know, like Christine said, I mean, yeah. 
putting putting someone up, putting the whole company up in in New York City, flying everybody there is is definitely a challenge. And I do push for being presented because um, that is definitely more um, cost effective for us if we're guaranteed a fee. Uh, this this summer after after we perform here, we're going back to Aspen. We have a program in Aspen, and then we tour to Crested Butte and Lone Tree. First of all, I just want to say bravi to both of you for, on your startups. I've done several startups, and it takes a lot of perseverance and grit, <laughs> and that will carry you through life. Mm -hmm. So bravi, bravi. Um, Laurel, my question is the, the Aspen Santa Fe Theater. What happened to that? Why did you not go into that theater? So that theater is actually, it's in the, um, the Aspen Public School. So the, it's in the high school. And um, at the time, it was, it was being renovated. And um, we were a company of six artists. And I saw the Wheeler Opera House, this historical monument in the center of town. Um, and I had always wondered why we never performed there when I was an artist with Aspen Santa Fe Ballet. And... Um, I really loved that theater, and I thought, well, why not? Why don't we have shows in town? And so the Wheeler is, is the theater I approached first, and it just ended up, it became our home, and it's, it's where we perform all of our shows. Um, and, um, you know, the high school, is, it's got a great stage, a great, um, a great space, but it is a different vibe when you walk into, um, you know, a high school versus you walk into a, a theater with the, you know, the, the velvet curtains and the decorations and just the history that that whole building has. I haven't been to Aspen in a while, but <laughs> I will definitely come see you oh, in great. Aspen. Um, question about um, coming to the Villar. Why do you not come to the Villar in the in the winter? Do you come um, back to Vail? We we performed at the Villar last summer for Vail Dance Festival. So oh, that outside was the festival. oh outside the festival. In the winter, why don't you come? To, now you have this community that loves dance. Yeah. I'm, and by the way, I will say I'm from the New York area. I'm a big supporter of ABT. I go on Wednesday nights and I go to the theater a lot. And New York is it was packed. Mm -hmm. I was shocked at the ballet how packed it was. Yeah. All four tiers, like packed. Yeah, that's great. On Wednesday nights, and theaters, I go on Tuesday nights, packed. So I think the outlook for art is great. I think that, you know, you're not going to have trouble with people coming to your... That's good to hear. To your, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just going by that, yeah. but, yeah. you know, I just wanted to add that yeah. in. Um, well, but, now um, that you mentioned it, I'm going to hit up the Villar during the winter. Yeah, we would again. love to see you come back, because unfortunately I'm not going to be here Monday night. But okay. I'm gonna be at Ballyx. But I would love. I saw you last yeah. summer. Oh, and great! It Wonderful. was. Um, I, I was surprised to be so impressed. Yeah, oh, it was really, you. really entertaining. Thank and you. I really enjoyed thank it. Thank you. So, we loved the Villar too. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I have one more question. Yeah. Um, how do you pay your employees? Like you have your full-time staff, and I guess a couple are stars. You know, maybe more coveted. How do you pay them by? Uh, merit or by how long they've been in the company or do you have sort of an even you know salary range how does that work so for for dance aspen since we are so young um all the artists are paid the same at this level 
Um, and if, you know, there are, there's one artist who is actually also our company manager and she does our marketing. And so she is also, she has an additional pay for that. Um, and uh, we just have, we have two people helping our administration. So they're contractors and we pay them an admin fee. Um, so we're still relatively small working off of a relatively small budget and um, that's, that's how we've distributed it so far. Um, we're older, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're, we're past that stage, thank goodness, and it's hard. Um, but we were definitely there, but mm, it, we're moving to a $4.2 million budget. We have 27 full-time employees. Everyone has health insurance. The dancers uh, are paid in bands, depending on their um, experience. Um, the goal has really been to invest in the artists. You know, I want them to have, I'm not interested in how little can we pay everybody. I'm really focused on how can we get everyone's salary up. Um, that's, it takes time. Of the 49 week contract, four weeks are paid vacation, and my goal is to get us. We talked about this a couple yeah, weeks ago. It's a couple worth years ago. reiterating. I don't, I mean, I personally don't know of any other company in America that does that. So maybe round of applause for Christine for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. So yeah, we, we want to get to 52 weeks. And we, you know, these are top of the line dancers, artists who should be paid well. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, going paycheck to paycheck. So money wasn't ever important to me, but it is important. I want people to feel like they can, you know, pay their grocery bills. And, you know, interest is, is skyrocketing so this year, everyone got a 7%, minimum 7% um, increase, pay increase. So yeah, it's just always been really important um, to invest in that. And really, when we finished our strate strategic plan, sorry, it's we are investing in choreography, dancers, Philadelphia, nationally and internationally. And those four areas are where we're really going to, you know, put our... our um, our energy and focus. Mm -hmm. I think we have time for one more. My question is for Laurel. So I'm curious when Aspen Santa Fe Ballet ceased to exist, were you given access to their donor database? No. <laughs> so they do. They yeah. exist as an organization. So they had a couple different arms when they were um, running their local company. They were a presenting company, so they presented um, other companies coming through Aspen at the District Theater, and they also have a school. So they closed their third arm, which was the local dance company. So they exist as an organization. Thank you for the clarification. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's all we have time for. Laurel and Christine, thank you both so much for coming out to talk to me today. And we hope that everyone in the audience will go check out Ballet X and Dance Aspen, not only here at the Vail Dance Festival, but during the year. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Conversations on Dance is part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, visit Conversations on Dance Pod, pod.com.
Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.